0: As you're taking a seat, I want to welcome you to the Broward Church. If you're new here. Uh, if you're new here, you've chosen a great Sunday to first join us uh, because today uh, we're going to talk about vision. and we're going to talk about our church and where we're, where we're headed and the direction where we're going. Um, we have a lot to cover today, so I asked the worship team to open us up for some good songs, and then uh, for the rest of the time, you're going to hear uh, speakers, not just me, but other people in our church uh, talking a little bit about who we are and what we do, and then we'll close up with uh, something that I hopefully will, will spark in you um, some motivation and some direction about where we're going. Uh, we're calling today Vision Sunday. Uh, and today is significant because our hope is that this service can unite us, also give us some perspective and some focus about what God is calling us to do in his church here. When I think about the word vision there's a load of words that come to mind, but I want to kind of tell you why we hold in such high esteem this idea of having, cultivating, and, and delivering a vision. You know, there's things about vision that are very special. The first thing is that vision gives us significance. See, vision is the thing that gives significance to the otherwise mundane details of life. You can take the minutia of this day and drop it into the cauldron of a God ordained vision and all of a sudden there is significance. I think about a person building a house or versus a person just laying bricks. The person building his own house feels this sense of pride. In doing the same task as the person who is just laying bricks, uh, or rather, the person who is laying bricks doesn't feel the sense of pride because there's no significance in the work. But the second you say, Today I'm building my own house, that brick laying process becomes something that is very valuable to the person. Vision brings that type of value to the mundane details of your life, it brings your world into focus. The outside fades, you know, and men and women are able to endure more and struggle more because they see on the horizon something that is great. Vision gives life significance. The other thing I've learned about vision is that vision is a great motivation. With a healthy vision, you can suffer a little bit more, can't you? You can deny yourself a little bit more. You can make more sacrifices. I think about the vision of someone who thinking, you know what, I wanna get a college degree. I'm an adult person and I wanna go back to school and get my masters or my doctorate. You sacrifice a lot to finish school, don't you? You're striving for that piece of paper. You read books. You write essays. You abstain from things you could otherwise do that you would consider fun. You make hard decisions because there's a sense of motivation about where you're going. Tell the person at the end of the day, you don't get anything for reading all of these things, and you don't get anything for writing all of these papers, and you don't get anything for sacrificing, and all of a sudden, no one wants to put in the work anymore. Vision is a great motivator. Also, I've learned this about vision, that it provides purpose. Vision prioritizes your values. Vision brings what's most important to the surface. Vision makes you more purposeful. And it gives you a reason of getting up and of showing out, of being the person you want to be with a great vision. If you have a vision to buy a house, you're willing to sell things that otherwise you wouldn't be willing to sell because what, value, what is valued is, uh, raises to the surface and the rest of the stuff just kind of fades away. I've learned this about vision, that it gives significance, it gives motivation, it provides some purpose. Now, all of this stuff could be sort of in a self-help seminar. You could fit into like a Tony Robbins talk, but as disciples, as people who follow Jesus, there's an additional element of vision that I want to mention because vision also connects us with the plans of God. This is the divine element, right? The average person has the right to have their own dreams. The average person has the right to have their own vision for their lives. But as disciples, scripture tells us we were purchased at a price. We were bought and then we were brought into the vision of God. And today that's the element of vision I really want to talk about. I hope that you will feel a sense of the divine today. I want to present to you a vision of our church, also a mission within our church, and how it relates to why in the world God puts you in the world. I'm so excited about this, I hope that you're going to feel again motivated and inspired by the time we leave, but I want to set it all up first, and it's going to take a long time for us to set it up, because we have to talk about where we are before we can talk about where we're going, uh, and it takes some time to do that. So. First off, I want to talk a little bit about how our congregation functions. If you're new here, this might be new to you. If you're old here, not old in age, but old in experience, uh, this might be new to you as well. H- how does we, this church led? How is this church led? Well, first and foremost, Christ is the head of our church, and we get our marching orders from the scripture. So we get our marching orders, meaning we do what the Bible tells us to do. And we believe Christ is the head of this church. But we have set up a leadership structure to support Christ and his work and to support our ministries and our programs. We have two ways of thinking about our, our um, is this gonna go, what's this next slide? No, I'll back up. Okay, no, no, dude, do. do. Okay, uh, we have two categories of leadership in the church. The first is legal and financial leadership. Over the legal and financial leadership, we have a board of directors. Our board of directors consists of members here, um, people who have given their life to this church, who care about this church, who make sure that we are above board when it comes to things legally and things financially. Andrew Fuentes is a part of our board, Pat Parnell, John Brush is a part of our board and Mary Hathaway is the CFO of the church and we, we are so appreciative of their work. We separate what they do from the ecclesiastical roles because what they do is make sure that the ecclesiastical roles or the spiritual side of things doesn't enter into the realm of financial impropriety or legal wrongdoing, right? We say, hey, we want to do this thing, and they say, no, 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 no. Or, or, or we say, we want to do this, and they say, okay, this is how we can help you get there, right? And so we need that. It's amazing. It's very encouraging. In addition to, to the board of directors, we have an administration um, that works every single day in the office in the back, uh, making sure that we are above board in all of the legal and financial matters, and I'm so grateful for their work work. That's one side of it, legal and financial. The other side is what we call ecclesiastic, which is like the spiritual side of things. At the top of that level is the elders' wives and the elders, the elders' wives, the evangelist, and what we call a women's ministry leader. We call this the core group. We meet together to kind of discuss loads of things. Below that is our staff and kind of in, not below that, but working together in conjunction with that is also our community group leaders. I wanna just mention our community group leaders for a moment because this is the heartbeat of the church. You're gonna hear in a little bit about how important this is. But if it wasn't for these amazing men and women who volunteer to lead, we would not have the type of congregation we have. And so I just wanna take a moment, if you're a member, if you're a community group leader, could you just stand up for a second? We wanna give you a round of applause and acknowledge you. Stand up, stand up, stand up. (laughs) Thank you guys for what you do. That's how we're organized. Um, and this is how we organize ourselves to get us to the place where we believe God wants us to be. And we're going to, again, come back to where we think God wants us to be. Um, but, but I wanted to just introduce that. The next thing I want to introduce, and again, it's going to take some time, so just bear with us as we, as we do this. Is I want to introduce a little bit of our ministries. I want to invite our ministry leaders up on stage. They're going to talk a little bit about what they do. Uh, coming up on stage is Mike Degree. He is our newest Community group director, very encouraged about him. We have Jose Hasboon, who oversees our Spanish ministry uh, and does such a great job. We have um, Josh. I'll just say everybody and then you could cheer. Josh Mays and Emily who uh, who lead our single professional ministry that we call Undivided. Um, we have Josh Franco and Va- Vanessa, um, affectionately known as Vane uh, Franco, uh, who lead our college ministry. Um, and then we have Monte and Crew. Monte and Crew are all of the youth and family people. Youth and family ministry is the way we talk about all of the youth programs in the church from, from kindergarten to college. And so Monte is going to share a little bit about that, um, about what that is. And I'm, I'm excited for them to share two minutes each about what God is doing in their ministry. <laughs> all right.
1: How's it going, everyone? Uh, As Tony said, I'm Mike, and I oversee our community groups here. And one of the ways we've decided as a church to practice community is by having community groups. Our community groups are the primary place where you are known and cared for. It's the place where you can do life with other people. And for reference, a typical community group is composed of individuals that meet to hear God's word, to fellowship, to break bread, and to pray. And currently, 85% of our members are in community groups. Our goals this year are to have 100% of our members in community groups, all right? And also, our goal is to develop new leaders to lead those community groups, all right? So, if you're new to faith or if you're new to the church, uh, the best way to get connected here is by joining a community group. We hope you'll consider visiting our welcome table in the four year. And to learn how to join a community group. Thank you
2: so much for listening. Muy buenos dias, Iglesia. My name is Jose Hasbun, and uh, I serve as a deacon in the Spanish ministry. Our vision as a ministry is to be the ministry that speaks the truth with love, growing. In every aspect, to become more and more like Jesus. Be praying for us. Be praying that, goal that God brings souls to His church. I really don't know if you're aware of this, but the U.S. has become the second largest Spanish speaking country in the world. You hear that right? The second Spanish speaking country in the world. The first country is Mexico. There are more Spanish speakers in the U.S. than Argentina, Colombia, all Central America and Spain put together. So pray for us. Pray for us that God brings souls to His church. Pray that we can have an elder and a full-time minister for our congregation. And also to have a more convenient time, time for worship in Spanish. Just think about this. Our Spanish ministry is a U.S. mission ministry. We can't do it alone. We got to do it together to accomplish this mission. Thank you.
3: Hello, church. So my name is Joshua Mays, and uh, I lead the singles ministry here alongside Emily Vogel. And so, yeah, the name of our ministry is The Undivided Ministry, and we're a group of single professionals who are actively pursuing a relationship with Jesus. You know, our goal is to equip single adults to be strong in their faith, to play an active role in the kingdom, and to also reach the lost. You know, singleness or pursuing a career can be a time of, like, loneliness. You know, it could be a time of disconnection and even confusion. But this wasn't the vision that Christ had for our people. And so this season of our lives, it allows us to spend more time doing the work of God. It allows us to never be lacking in zeal. And like every season, we aim to fix our eyes on Jesus. So we're motivated by the love of Christ And we hope to strive to become a ministry that is undivided and just look more and more like Jesus. Thank you, guys.
4: Good morning. Yeah. My name is Josh. This is my lovely wife, Vanessa. And so we lead the college ministry here at the Broward Church, also known as Disciples on Campus. And so in the ministry, we have... Students that that go to school at Nova Southeastern, we also have students that go to Broward College. And so our goal is to bridge the gap between where students are, where young men and women are, to where God wants them to be. That's our goal. And so we do that through a few different things. We do things like Bible studies. We spend time doing devotionals on Fridays. Some of you have been to those. We do worship services here. And then we also just love to do everyday life together. You know, as a college student, that there's stress that's going on, and we want to be able to be supportive through those times and and be able to continue to move towards God through all that. Yes, this
5: year. This year, we have three incredible student leaders who have been helping us reach these goals, Alessio, Aaliyah, and Denise. Yes, they have been a blessing to us and to our ministry. With over 40,000 college students here in the Broward County area, we know that there's so many opportunities to make Christ known, we believe that when young adults make Jesus Lord, they can impact the culture of their colleges as well as help souls come to Christ. So our biggest hope is not only that our students will be Christians in college, but lifelong disciples who are committed long after graduation.
4: Amen. 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 And so if you go to any of those schools and and you want to get connected, we would love that. Find one of us. Uh, Most of the people in our group are right here in this little corner. But also, please be praying for us. Um, We don't want this to be a thing that we do on our own merit, on our own thought process, but we really want to be led by Christ as we go. And we would love your prayers in that, that we make impact for him, but we do it the way that he wants it to be done. Thank you.
6: Good morning, my name is Monte Strickland. It's so good to be here this morning with you. Our vision for our church is to have a thriving youth and family ministry. This means we are expanding from high school and middle school and including every family that has a child from the age of zero years, that's like plus months, all the way to 18 years old. So from cradle to college. To this end, we have Twan and Ivana Wright who will be facilitating and equipping parents to raise champions for Christ and their children. They'll be working with the parents. And I would also like to introduce to you for the first time, Tiago Silva. Yeah. Tiago and Brittany will be leading our high school and middle school ministry, so they'll be working directly with the teens. Uh, we'll be taking care of the parents. My wife and I will oversee classes, which will be beginning this March on successive Thursdays, the first four Thursdays of the month, 6.30 here at the building, dinner provided, right? So you don't have to worry about that. And Kingdom Kids, right? So this does not disrupt your community group membership. Please come, and if you have someone who's in the youth and family ministry that's in your community group, Please support them. We, we need you here with them, wrapping your arms around that group and helping them to be successful. Uh, some groups will be providing meals. Some groups will be back there as Kingdom Kids teachers, and they'll be aiding those children in their spiritual growth. And we're going to have a great time beginning this month. It, the more successful we are, the better it gets. We'll do this quarterly. We hope to do this every quarter for successive Thursdays, so that everybody can be a part of it. Uh, we would love to include every ministry uh, that's there that has a, a child from zero to eighteen. We'd love to have you. Thank you.
0: Much, awesome. That was me, my bad. Really, as, as we as we said, you know, the church functions in ministries. Um, this gathering, this Sunday morning gathering, is a gathering to get us united, to hear the word preached, to praise God as a family. But the place where you're known and cared for is within these ministries. And so, I want to invite you to get connected, to be a part of one, uh, to make sure that you're in a community group or you're in a college ministry or in uh, you know a youth and family ministry, but that you get in, involved. Um, and really, we could function as a church just with those ministries, Um, but we've tried to make sure that we can have something for every person in our congregation, just for every situation they're going to or going through. And so what we've created is a bunch of programs that fit the needs of people in every life stage, of every interest. We have so many amazing programs in the church. We have women's Bible studies. We have Sarah's daughters. We have CR. We have a a MAG, men's auxiliary group. We have our kingdom kids ministry. We have Hope Scouts. We have a Purity group. We have so many different things that give life to the church, but I wanted to take a moment to highlight four of those, and so uh, these guys can hop on stage. We're going to highlight four of our programs um, that I think, again, breathe life into this church. Um, the first person walking in here, this is Alex Revis. He oversees our HOPE program, which is our care for the poor. Uh, then we have Shane Peterson, who oversees all of our media stuff. Um, very excited about what he's going to share. Uh, Jason Saunders, who you see up here singing, he's going to talk a little bit about our music and worship ministry. And the last person um, here is Demita. Demina oversees our Broward Christian Academy,
7: which is our, our school. Morning, church. Um, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, and faith and purity. This is First Timothy four twelve. This scripture inspired a young girl uh, to follow her dreams uh, of serving others just as adult Christians did. So, she ignited a movement that later became one of the top Hope Worldwide Youth Programs, the Hope Scouts. Um, My wife, Nuria, and I fell in love with this program. Um, So, we invited young dreamers and their families and their parents and our kids, well, They had to, and uh, (laughs) to uh, pursue this ministry. So um, in 2015, uh, the Hope Scouts Troop 7 was established. So it's almost eight years ago. So shortly after, we were invited to lead uh, the Hope uh, worldwide chapter for for the Broward Church. Uh, And together with our advisory board, we serve as a liaison between Broward Church and the Hope Worldwide uh, organization. So this is what we do. So our, our main goal uh, as, as a chapter is serving our community and serving, obviously, those in need, but also uh, building a spirit of continuous service so it's not just a one-time uh, service for all. So And what we do is we work on programs, different programs, and, uh, and partnerships. I'm gonna talk about those briefly. So the first one I already mentioned is the Hope Scouts. Uh, in the Hope Scouts we serve with, with kids from K to 12 grade and their families. So we, we help, we work with, with projects and uh, you've seen fundraises, I'm sure you haven't missed those. So, um, so we fundraise for, to, to, to serve in the community with, with, with them as well. So another program uh, that we have is the Ho- Month of Hope or Hope Month. So in Hope Month last year, we were 250 volunteers uh, contributing with 600-plus hours and, and partnering with eight organizations. So this type of program is something that we do every year, and we'll continue to do so. Uh, we also focus on disaster relief, uh, those acts of God, uh, where we have to funnel all the the energy uh, of, and, and the, the need to serve from our community. So we serve there with logistics and, and uh, as much as we can with, with this program, especially if they're close to our community. And uh, last but not least, the Walk for Kids, that's a program that actually we are uh, kicking off today. Um, this program is, uh, is an, an effort and actually a very commendable effort from our church to serve foster families, their kids, and their needs and this program, we've, we've been doing this for a few years already. Uh, today, you will be able to register at the back, so by the staircase. Uh, we're registering walkers and also volunteers. We need volunteers for this effort. Uh, there's a QR code on the screen uh, for donations. You can, you can follow that QR code. And if you have any questions, you can still ask uh, us at the back after the service. So obviously, none of this would be possible without you. Uh, We're here because of you um, and our advisory board as well, and we thank you for your service. There's a lot more to come, and please uh, share your ideas or needs, or if you have any questions about service, share it with us or your community groups, and thank you for your service.
5: Good morning, family. Uh, So my name is Shane. Uh, that is clearly the hands and feet of Jesus. We are, I think of myself more as like putting a bow on the gospel. Um, I'm with the media team and we do the, uh, you know, put it on camera. You probably see me with a camera sometimes up here. But um, Tuan was going to present this, but he came down with an illness. So I'm up here today speaking his words. So Tuan, I love you. And if anybody wants to pray for him. Um, but I, alongside with my right hand man, Tuan. Uh, and an incredible team of volunteers lead the media efforts here at the Broward Church that covers live stream, social media, and much more. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 9, to 23, I have become all things to all people so that by all means, uh, by all possible means, I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I might share in its blessing. Mm-hmm. In this passage, you hear the heart of Paul expressing the importance, the urgency of necessity to become all things to all men in efforts to win as many as possible. Paul says, by all means. It's passage, this passage, that these... Sorry, there's a typo in here. <laughs> I love you, Twan. Um, uh, that all these that influence our goal to capitalize on media to reach this generation. Media is just another, ma- another means we have at our disposal to share God's kingdom. Being that we live in a digital world where people spend an average of seven hours online daily and growing, we realize that we must go where they already are. Mm. Just like we would travel to foreign lands to share the the gospel, we must also go online. We believe that media is a vital resource that we must tap into to reach, inspire, and encourage the people of today. These are the times we now live in through online funnels like Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, et cetera. Uh, We want to use digital means to reach physical people for the glory of God. We strive tirelessly to capitalize on this unique tool and opportunities, and opportunity we have today to scatter seeds and win as many as possible. Please pray for wisdom, insight, creativity, and volunteers to help us effectively use these means to, uh, to the advantage of furthering God's kingdom. Love y'all.
8: Hello, everyone. My name is Jason Saunders. I am the music director for Broward Worship. Uh, And as many of you know, Broward Worship was birthed through 2020 in the pandemic. And uh, in that time, it felt like, you know, there was just this looming air of hopelessness. But yet all that we could write about was hope. (laughs) So all of our songs have that undertone and, and as well as the peace of Christ. Broward Worship was designed to take inspirations from God's word and what we're going through and creating a means of encouraging the saints and reaching the lost. So we figured, how can we use this as a platform to reach more people in Broward County? And so we're, we're all about that mission. Every time we get together, we're praying, we're asking God for wisdom, for guidance, and, uh, and all glory be to God. That's super exciting. We're very, very excited about that project. And we have a writing weekend coming up that we're very excited about. Uh, so please be praying for that because it's gonna be awesome. More music to come. And many of you already know Broward Worship. You, all the songs we sang today were Broward Worship. Um, you, already, you already are supporting the cause, right? But many of you have also asked me, how can you continue to share this, you know, this gift? What can we do to have this reach more people? And I'm very grateful for your support. The whole team is very grateful for your support. Um, And to all of you who are thinking this, here's the solution. Everyone in here, this is what I would like for you to know. Mm. I would like you to think fast. You get what I'm saying? Okay, think fast. I'm going to throw an acronym at you so you could try to catch it and understand what I'm saying. You get it? All right, cool. F for follow us. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on the streaming platforms that you use. Amazon Music, Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play Store, whatever you listen to music. If you follow us, that helps the algorithm, and the algorithm is very helpful because then it's gonna boost our music to all the people who need to hear it. A is for add to your playlist. When you do this, it actually helps. You think, I'll just go and shuffle their music. That's great, thank, thank you. But it's so much better if you add it to your playlist. So if you could do that, that also helps the algorithm and boosts to reach more people. S, share. Share it on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, whatever you like to be on. Um, send it to your friends and family. Send them the message, like, through through whatever app you use to send messages. WhatsApp? I don't know. Um, that way it can continue to reach more people. And lastly, T for tag along with us. We just released a, an acoustic sessions, and you would – Honestly, if you follow us, you'll get notifications about every time that we release things, apart from when we say here on a Sunday, hey, we release new stuff. Like, you'll you'll get a notification as well there. And so, think fast. As we continue to write more music, you can partner with us by thinking or rather acting, rather, yeah, acting fast. I don't know if that makes sense. Thank you, guys.
7: (laughs)
9: Hello. Good morning, family. My name is Demita London, and I have the honor of being the director for Broward Christian Academy. In Matthew 22, verse 37, Jesus says, the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. At BCA, Broward Christian Academy, We have been building a legacy as a licensed preschool through kindergarten program that focuses on the whole child. Since 2005, families have been bringing their children to a school whose mission and vision involves creating an environment where each child will grow in their personal knowledge of God, learn to follow the teachings of Jesus, while intentionally developing the cognitive, social, emotional, spiritual, and physical skills that are needed for school success. As a ministry of the Broward Church, Broward Christian Academy partners in this effort to reach the community by modeling respect, love for others, and service. The families who come to the school have often been referred by someone that speaks of the love, the joy, the fun, and of course, the safety of its children. And our Google reviews also help. Possibly sitting right next to you or someone in your family group have been a part of the BCA family. There are too many to name, but I am going to ask you to raise your hand or stand up and yell, shout if you've been a part of the BCA family as a parent, as a volunteer, your children, <laughs> like the Ciardees, Charles, Pia Santos, Finemans, Grants, Rose, Hathaways, the um, Pierre Louise, I can go on. Right, I'm in trouble already. But these families have all um, currently that have been enrolled or are currently enrolled hold to the belief that Proverbs 22, verse 6 start children off in the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. In its 17 years of service and education, an amazing team of teachers, Broward Church administrative staff, our parent involvement committee members, ministry staff, leaders, CITs. Our junior counselors, our volunteers have been a part of this exciting program. Teachers have become disciples. Students have grown up and become disciples. And over 1,600 children have been impacted wow. and counting. I invite you to come find out more and be a part of this amazing place where we learn, we laugh, and we love. Thank you.
0: Amen. Awesome. This is all stuff? One, two, three. Amen. Thank you so much for these amazing programs. Let's give them a hand. All right. You're still paying attention? Are you still here? All right, fantastic. All right, I want to share with you. I'm ready to, to move on and to explain uh, where, uh, where we want to go. Um, what I'm to present to you in a little bit is... Is a tagline, a, a sentence, something that informs the way we think about this church and, and why God has placed us here. Um, this is something I've been thinking about for the better part of a year um, and have had much consternation trying to determine what exactly we wanted to do. Um, but but I'm, I'm excited to present it to you. We're going to begin by looking first at a little bit of a Bible lesson in Philippians chapter 3. So if you have a Bible, you could turn there. Um, I. I yeah as you're turning there let, let me set up the context. Philippians chapter three is Paul defending his ministry. he's talking a little bit about why he does what he does and why he acts the way he acts and why he serves why he, the way he serves um, and in Philippians chapter three that has reached a fever pitch and he's about to present to the listeners, to, to the people who read, or read this letter in, in, in Philippi, he's about to present to them his driving motivation. And I think that driving motivation speaks as, almost as an illustration to what our driving motivation should be. It says this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 4. This is the middle part of it. It says, if anyone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regards to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. Paul, in his address, looks over his history, his perfect religious history, pedigree, his national pride, and he explores the qualities that he has that qualifies him to not only lead churches and to advance whatever message he wanted to have, but, but, but also would allow him to be someone that could be independent based on his flesh. He goes, look, I am free because I have it all. I can do whatever I want. Look at me. Verse five, I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. I'm a student of history, a scholar of God's word. Verse six, zeal for God that led him to defending his religious cause. Obedience, faultless, flawless, perfect in every way. The modern equivalent would be like, I'm the man. I'm him, right? I'm the guy. Someone in my community group said, I'm that man or something like that. I don't know if that's a thing. Everyone, I'm the person everyone would dream to be. Again, a modern equivalent would be, I have all the money. I have all the education. I have all the popularity. I got followers on every social media platform. I got a six-figure salary. I drive the nicest cars. I hang out with the coolest people. I am everything everyone would ever want to be. And then he continues by making this really interesting turn. What's the next line, right? Because I have it all. Listen to me. Because I have it all, these are my plans. But this is what he says in verse 7. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss. Whatever was credited to my account as good, I now consider nothing at all. All of the stuff, my pride, the academic prowess, the zealous adherence, all of that is nothing to me. Why? Why Paul? He says, I've lost it all. Lost it all for what? For the sake of Christ. I sold it all. I cashed in all my chips of the world and I did all of it for one thing. I am the perfect example of the man who sells all of his possessions to buy the field or sells all of his possessions to buy the pearl of great price. I have given all of it up for one thing. I just want to be close to Christ. He says, what is more, I consider everything a loss, everything a loss, because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I might gain Christ. He looks back at all of his education, his hopes, his dreams, his understanding, his history, his righteousness, his religiousness, and he says, I look back at it all and I say, it's trash. Trash. My education is equivalent to a used banana peel. My zeal is the equivalent to a dirty diaper. It's it's trash. It's gone. I, I don't care about any of that anymore. It's all garbage to me. Compared to what? Compared to being close to Jesus. Paul looks at the landscape of his life and says, look, I don't want any of it anymore. All I want is to be close to Jesus. All I care about is to be close to Jesus. All I desire is to bring about Jesus's will in the world. Christ, Paul will say, is his life. Then he continues in verse 12. He's describing this whole thing in verses, you know, uh, the middle there, he he describes, he goes, I want to know the power of Christ. I want to understand his suffering. I want to be close to him. I want to understand it all. And then he says, this is his goal. And he says, not that I have already obtained all this. He's like, it's my goal. I'm pursuing it, but I haven't gotten there yet. I haven't already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. I press on, I keep going to take hold of the thing that God has instilled in my heart, the need to be close to him. I'm not where I want to be, but I know exactly where I'm going. My goal is crystal clear. I wanna know him, I wanna be close to him, I wanna understand everything about him. He says this, verse 13, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet having taken hold of it, but one thing I do, Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what's ahead, I press on toward, uh, sorry, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He shifts the illustration a little bit, and he begins to talk about a runner. You could picture a marathon runner. A marathon runner, at the beginning, has a goal. The goal in mind is to end the marathon. That's the goal in mind. Maybe a, a very accomplished marathon runner has a time in mind. But no matter who you are, if you're a runner, the simplified goal is I want to finish the race. I want to make it to the end. And for for him, the end is Jesus. And he goes, Look, I'm not there, but I am running. I may be in mile one, but I'm still running. <laughs> I may be in mile 20, but I'm still running. I'm not there, but I know exactly where I'm going, and I'm pressing on. And that's the, the quality needed to be a good runner, right? It's not like all this, you don't need academics, you just need to press on. You just keep pressing on. You're still straining towards the goal. He's saying he's committed, he's passionate, he's motivated, he has a vision in mind, and that vision is to be close to Jesus, and everything in his life is pushed pushing him towards that goal. And he says, I'm not, I'm not distracted by what's behind. Meaning like, he-, he says this, he says, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, people have thought this means he doesn't think about his past. And that could be true, but, but another way to look at it is that he's not distracted. He's not looking at what's behind him. And in a, run- in a race, who would be behind him? What would be behind him? Other runners. He's going, I'm not, I don't need to look back there at all these people who are running because I know where I'm going. I don't care what other people say would be cool, would be special, would be a good, better goal. Oh, you know, the goal of knowing Jesus is an okay goal, but a better goal would be the goal of know Jesus and also to make a lot of money. Yeah, 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 whatever. I'm, I have one goal. I have one goal in mind, and it's just to know Christ. He isn't distracted by how much academics he has or how much education he has or or he isn't distracted by anybody else telling him to do anything else. He isn't distracted by the standard of society because he is in a race to achieve a goal, a goal that has consumed his life. And what is the goal? To be close to Jesus, to know Jesus, to live for Jesus. Paul's passion makes him single-minded, single-minded. I want to know him. I want to understand him. And why? I think it's because Paul believes the same thing that many of us in this room have discovered. Paul believes that Jesus is the only person who has proven faithful enough to lead another human life. I don't, I don't need someone else telling me what to do if I have Jesus telling me what to do. There's, never, there's, there's nobody else. I, I, I don't need to listen to all of the, the, the societal pressure to push me in one direction. If Christ has already made it clear that I need to go somewhere else. It's so clean. It's so clean for Paul. I'm on earth to be led to heaven by Jesus Christ. Amen. He's not distracted. He's not distracted by other pursuits. For Paul, his whole life was about knowing Jesus. If you'd ask Paul, hey Paul, what's your mission statement? Paul, what's, what's your mission statement? He'd be like, it's very simple. I'm here to know Jesus. That's what I'm here for. And then you might say to Paul, well, what about church growth? Paul, well, what about planting ministries? Well, what about appointing elders in every city? What about preaching to the lost? What about healing the broken? And he would say, that stuff is amazing. But I understand what comes first. And what comes first is my pursuit of Christ. Everything else trickles below that. Everything else is, the the spring is Christ. Everything else is the river where it flows. He would tell us to put things in their proper place, to make first things first. The most important thing to Paul is being with Jesus. And look, if you're like me, you're like, wow, Paul, you are committed, dude. You're awesome, but... I live in America, you know, like I'm not sure like you're kind of intense, dude. Like can we dial it down just like, you know, one or two notches? That's kind of the temptation that I have. Like like he didn't understand like if you're a full-time minister, your whole life can be Christ. You know, if you're if you're if you're, you know, working in an ecclesiastical role, your full-time your whole world can be Christ. But me, I have kids, I have, you know, a job, I have I have to do this, I have to run errands, I have to deal with a lot of pressures, I have to deal with financial issues. You know, you you could you could easily kind of go, "Yeah, Yeah, yeah, yeah. like that's great for Paul, that's great for other spiritual people, but I don't know if that's really good for me. But then Paul drops the hammer, as Paul always does. Verse 15, and he does it in such a sly way that, like, he hurt your feelings without hurting your feelings, you know what I'm saying? All of us, then, verse 15, who are mature, should take such a view of things. (laughs) No, 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 you don't think it's fine, you're just not mature yet. What what is he saying? I I think he's saying, I don't think this is an attack. I think he's just saying, hey, the more your faith matures, the more simple your vision becomes. The The more your faith matures, the more everything else fades. I don't need riches. I don't need more. I don't need to be original. I don't need to be creative. I don't need to be praised. I don't need to be glorified. I don't need to be known. I don't need to be needed. I don't need to be the smartest person in the room. I don't need to the best looking. I don't need to be the most powerful. I don't need to be a great leader. I don't need to be important. The more you're mature, the more all of those goals fade away. And what is before you is all I need, all I need is Jesus Christ. I wanna know Christ. I wanna be caught up in that. I want him to be my whole life. I want him to be my passion. Those who are mature, should take such a view of things. You know, all of us have an expectation when we presented Vision Sunday, we had something, right? Something that came to mind, like, oh, here we go. The church is gonna present, you know, all the things that, that we're gonna do. And maybe for some of you guys that's very exciting. You know, it's like, yes, like we're gonna go somewhere. Like we haven't like we haven't been going anywhere. Um we're gonna do something like we haven't been doing anything. Like, or or you, or you feel the reverse, which is why are we doing this again? You know? Um and I get that. I, I understand that. Normally, you know, on a Vision Sunday, the church is brought into the hopes and dreams of its leaders. That's, that's really what happens. It's a day where you know, passionate, faithful disciples are, are, are brought into the faithful discipleship of, of their leaders, right? And, and, and I present to you something like, hey, um, like when we talk about vision, we go, here are some goals. Here are some dreams that we have. Here are some tangible achievements. Now, I want you to help us achieve them. Right, that's normally what happens, right? Typically, you know, we're like, we're going to plant a region. We're going to launch some new initiatives, some awesome stuff. But what I've often overlooked is that, and I'm going to say this, and I don't want it to be offensive, but my point is very simple. I've often overlooked, me personally, that Jesus already has a vision for his church. And it's my job to partner with him to achieve his vision. Let me say it like this as I break down kind of the, the, the little catchphrase. Here's a principle. I no longer want to beg God to help me achieve my goals. I want to beg God that he would allow me to be a part of his. I don't want to get on my... And I, I felt this. I felt this before, like, you know, Lord, like, can you just let us plant North Broward? You know, this is 2020. God, please, we have 2018. We're going to plant North Broward. It's going to be an incredible. I was like, wow. And then 2020 comes and this whole disease hits. And we're like, we're not going to plant North Broward. Uh, God's like, I have a vision for the church. Like, I, I know what I'm doing. Like, I want, sure, we can have dreams, we can have plans, we can have all that stuff, but we have to put first things first. And the first thing is very simple. We are here at the direction of Christ Jesus. At the direction of Christ Jesus and I don't wanna get on my knees and go, God, please let me do the things I dream about doing. I wanna say, Lord, please let me be a part of the things you dream of doing. That's who I wanna be. And you may think like, that doesn't sound like a direction for a Vision Sunday. And I would say it's not a direction, it's a correction. It's It's about changing our lenses a little bit. It's about going, yeah, okay, we see things. I'm, I'm editing the man-centered way that we're all tempted to engage in. I'm, I'm saying, look, we are all tempted to be more man-focused than we should be. And it's a declaration today that what Jesus longs in this church is what we will long for. And of course we have plans, and of course we have dreams, but like Paul, every Everything needs to be put in his place. Every accolade, every achievement is just trash compared to knowing what Jesus wants. Amen. It's about putting first things first. You know, I've been battling with this, as I mentioned, uh, this vision statement for several years. I'm not kidding. I've like presented to the staff, you can ask them like 18 different versions of, of what I'm talking about here. I've, I've come, I've like, what do you think about this? And everyone's like, yeah, I like that. And then I'm, next week I'm like, I don't like that. What do you think about this? And they're like, yeah, I like that. And they're just like, please, just can we, can we stop? <laughs> That's, yeah, and I get that. Like I'm, I'm terrible. Um, but I felt like it just didn't exactly fit who we wanted to be and why we were here. You know, I'm like, uh, there was this, this phrase out a year ago. I'm like, we wanna be a family of a thousand disciples. And it's like, okay, Tony, it sounds good. I'll take it. Um, and the whole idea was we wanted to be a family, we wanted to grow and we wanted to be disciples. And it's like, great. But the, the more and more I tried to fit the vision of Christ into my little axiom, the more and more I just felt like I was doing the work to, to like edit what Jesus desires. And I just don't want to do that anymore. What Jesus desires doesn't fit into some piffy thought that we could put on a t-shirt, you know? Like what Jesus desires is what much more beautiful and much more amazing and much more complete. And I just don't want to confuse my plans with God's vision. So anyway, something's changing in me and so I'm redirecting all of these thoughts. And and so now now I'm like... And look, I, I wanna get up here and share with you some really cool plans. We have some awesome plans, but I, I wanna put first things first. There's so many things I want us to do in this in this church, but the truth is, the more and more I present what I want us to do, it's like, Tony, who cares what you want to do? This is Jesus's church. This is not yours. Like, I'm not the visionary of this church. Jesus is the visionary of this church. I'm a humble servant to him. So anyway, I'm talking too much. Now you're hearing my, my thoughts. So here, here, here is a new vision mission statement. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. We exist to fulfill Christ's vision. (laughs) This is not very complicated. This is not, this is not like, this is, again, I'm not gonna put this on a t-shirt. Maybe you should, I don't know. Someone could put it on a t-shirt. But the point is like, I am not saying we have discovered it all, but I want you to know, hey, when when we say, what is the Broward church about? Well, we're just about fulfilling the thing Jesus desires. That's what we're about. We're here to fulfill what Jesus desires. Well, what does Jesus desire? Well, well, take some time in meditation. Take some time in, in studying the scriptures. Ask advice from people who are spiritual. And, and get in mind, discover what Jesus wants. And then fulfill it. Do it. Put it into work. Try. Uh, unpack it all. And then... Push it forward. Well, what does Jesus desire in your family? Uh, well, you gotta figure it out. Take some time, read the Bible, study it out, get advice, come on Thursday night. Learn what Jesus's vision is for your family and then fulfill it. What does Jesus desire? Well, what, what's, my, what's, my, what's my direction in my workplace? Okay, I have, I, the answer is, what is Jesus's direction for you in your workplace? You discover that, you got your answer. That's who we wanna be. Vision Sunday isn't some gimmick, it's not a rebranding, it's a recentering, it's a grounding back to the place we always should have been. In this church, we exist to fulfill Christ's vision. That is our goal, that is our mission. He is our visionary, we he is our master, we are his disciples, and what an amazing honor that is for us, right? What, a, what is who are we that God could bring us into His wonderful plans? That God could say, "I have a dream for your family, and I'm going to use you to make it happen." And I have a dream for your community, and I'm going to use you to make it happen. And I have a dream for your workplace, and I'm going to use you to make it happen. And I have a dream for Broward County, and I'm going to make you. To, I'm going to use you to make it happen. Who are we that the God of the universe would entrust us with something so precious? to be called his coworkers. Man, Lord, we are so humbled. We are so humbled to be given that task, to be called his coworkers. So here's the question for you. What is Christ's vision for your life? You could start there. And then build it through concentric circles. What is Christ's vision in my family? How about in my workplace? How about in my community? What is Christ's vision? You know, yesterday or on Friday I had a, a sister call me, um, she was asking for some advice and she said, I'm struggling with a decision about my work and, and, I'm, and I'm trying to figure out, and this is what she said, I'm trying to figure out what is Christ's vision for my life? And I said to her, I'm like, this is, this is the Holy Spirit because this is a mature sister who everything else has faded and the one thing before her is Christ. <laughs> And I'm like, that's it. That's what we're talking about. And so many of us already have that, but that's what I'd long for all of us is that we don't, we're not like, my dream is to blah, 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 blah. It's like, what is Jesus's dream for me? Cause that's what I want to go for because I know he knows how to lead. As our church matures, everything fades and Jesus becomes clearer and clearer and clearer and clearer and clearer and clearer and clearer. And clearer. I want to challenge you to read, to pray, and beg God, what do you want from my life? Lord, what is your vision for my life? Give me clarity in my role in this church. Give me clarity in my role in my family. Give me clarity about what I'm supposed to do. And if you don't get clarity right away, you go back to the garden like Jesus, over and over and over and over again, and you get it. And then you live it out because there's never been a person who has led led a life quite like Jesus. I'm going to invite the elders to pray for our communion and also just to kind of bless us as a church as we strive towards this idea, which I did not put on the last slide, which is our goal existing, we exist to fulfill Christ's vision. That's why we're here. I hope that idea sets root in your heart and you can build it not only in your, in your personal life, but in your family and in your community.
6: Uh, as we come into the communion, we wanna remember uh, Jesus as our chief visionary uh, and the role that we play in him accomplishing uh, his will on the earth and through our church, uh, through our membership, uh, through us as brothers and sisters and as his children. Uh, so as we take communion, let's, let's go to God in prayer with those thoughts in mind. Let's pray Dear father in heaven. We bow before you. God, we marvel uh, at your splendor. God, you are high and holy. Uh, your thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts. God, your will for us, God, is to be a part of your plans and for us to be blessed by following you. We thank you so much for Jesus who makes that clear for us in a flesh and blood presentation of what it means to serve you, to love others, uh, to love one another. God, we want to thank you for your words. God, they, they bring life. They bring clarity. God, they give us guidance in a lost and dying world, Father. And we praise you for calling us into your presence this morning. Father, help us to be uh, mindful of what it means to repent, which means to come back, God, to your vision for our lives. God, thank you for giving us eternal life, something that we can look forward to, but that we can start living today. God, we praise you for uh, the bread that represents Jesus' body. God, it was broken for us, totally used up, Uh, for us and is consumed by us so that we can be consumed with you, Father. And we thank you for his blood poured out for us on the cross, reminding us of the depravity of our sins, but also giving us hope that we can be cleansed from all the things that we've done uh, so that we can be successful in following him and in doing your will on this earth today. Please, God, help us to have the vision that we need to have. God, help us to see you for who you are and therefore to see ourselves clearly with humility, with sobriety, but also with great encouragement. God, we're grateful to be formed in your image. We're grateful to be able to do the things that you call us to do. All of the creative talents that you give us. God, all of the skills that you allow us to attain. Every dollar you allow us to make. Praise be to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.